It's match day three and the group stage of the Champions League is starting to take shape. Messi and Ronaldo have already made their mark and teams like Bayern, Liverpool and of course Sheriff have caught the eye. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Champions League has its superstars and we do too. Our Lionel Messi is betting expert Mark O'Hare. Uh, Mark, let's get straight into the action. Massive game on Tuesday between Paris and RB Leipzig. Paris beating Manchester City last time out, even if uh, they weren't necessarily the better team in that game. Leipzig are having a nightmare, beaten at home by Club Bruges. They haven't got any points at all so far and they're struggling in the league as well. Paris 1.48 to win the game. Are we looking at a Paris win being doubled up with some goals here? Uh, that is an option, yeah. I mean, I think you have to look towards PSG. Um, you know, they were about their South American contingent on Friday night and, and kind of just went through the motions against Angers. It looked pretty flaky for the most part, but they still got the job done. And I guess that's PSG in a nutshell, really kind of going that's through the, the motions. That's the whole league campaign so far, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Just going through the motions, getting what needs to be done and, and moving on because their bread and butter is, is Ligue 1. And the big thing is the Champions League, which we all know about. And they do tend to come alive on Champions League nights, particularly in Paris uh, in front of that home crowd. I know they're not playing Man City, United, Bayern, etc. But there still will be a, a great atmosphere. Um, plenty of uh, colour in, in the crowd as well. And you said, yeah, they weren't good. Uh, they weren't great against Man City, but they got the job done. And um, ultimately, um, their record here in Paris in this competition uh, is very, very strong. I know it's wavered a little bit in recent years, but those defeats have all come against elite teams, and they do tend to produce the goods when they come up against kind of everyone else outside of that kind of elite uh, area. I think the defeats were United City and Bayern Munich in the past couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, they played Leipzig last year, uh, beat them 1-0. They weren't very good that day either but they still got the job done. They're 1.67 to beat Leipzig. Um, now, obviously, that was without fans and without Messi, and their squad has grown stronger, not just without with Messi uh, in the summer. And uh, you look at the names that will be back in the squad after Friday, Neymar, Messi, Marquinhos, uh, crucially as well. We've talked about it many, many times in the midfield and the balance, how key it can be with or without Verratti. And I thought he was inspirational against City, um, both with and without the ball. So, uh, yeah, I do like PSG coming into this game. Um Leipzig are obviously quite a lot weaker than 12 months ago, not just with Nagelsmann, but arguably three of their better players with Canati, Meccano and Sabitzer leaving. So, yeah, I mean, it's no great claim to sort of suggest that PSG might win this game, but I think you can back them minus one on the Asian handicap around 1.73, 1.75, which I think is, is absolutely fair enough. We're getting our cash back if they win by exactly one goal and, and a full stakes win if they win by two or more goals. Uh, Leipzig was second best at Freiburg on Saturday, drew that game 1-1. Uh, it means they've only tasted victory twice in the last nine games across all comps. Uh, their only away win this season has come in the Pokal against uh, Sandhausen of the second tier. They've kept one clean sheet in 11 Champions League games now and conceded twice or more in the last six in this competition as well. So, you know, not just under Jesse Marsh, but kind of a longer spell. They have been conceding easy goals. They've shipped 10 already this, this season against Bayern and Man City. Bruges, as you said, turned them over and actually won the XG count against them as well, uh, despite Leipzig trailing at half time and kind of having 45 minutes 
minutes to chase that game, which is quite concerning. So for me, they're, they're not functioning yet in both boxes under Jesse Marsh. And I think there's still time to oppose them too. So PSG's home record in this group, in the group phase in this competition since 2017, 11 wins, one draw, one defeat. They've beaten Man City, Real Madrid and Bayern Munich in that sample. So uh, I fancy them to win again. Paris to win the game and over two and a half goals. I think somewhere around 1.91 on the bet builder. So that might be a way to go to our betting Neymar odds compiler. Mark Stinchcomb has jinked his way onto the show. Uh, Stinch, how do you see this one? Because as Mark says, Leipzig just aren't functioning under Jesse Marsh. I have to hold my hands up. I got them wrong. I thought they'd be much stronger under Marsh uh, than they have been. Obviously, it was always going to be a blow losing Julian. Nagelsmann, he's one of the best coaches in the world right now, but they really are bad, aren't they, at the moment? I think with Leipzig, they there just seems to be either massive highs or massive lows. There's not really a, a seem to be a middle ground, which maybe shouldn't be too unsurprising with a new manager and a, and a new defence. And as Mark says, losing their, their talisman in a way in, in Sabitzer. Um, I've not really got too much of an opinion on the game. I think Mark's painted the picture pretty well. You know, every, we know PSG are world-class players, um, not necessarily a world-class team just yet, but obviously um, got the players to unpick that very porous Leipzig backline. I'm going to focus a little bit elsewhere and look at a goal scorer market. I think we had um, a nice couple of bets last time PSG played in the in the Champions League in the, in the player markets and I think this one will probably be right up your street because I'm looking at Christopher Nkunku yes. to score at any time at 9-2. to two. I think 9-2 to two looks ginormous really. That's way um, too big isn't it? Way too big. <laughs> well I think probably because Leipzig have got so many of those sort of number 10s or number 7s that um, maybe they share the goal output around quite a lot but in terms of this season he's just he's just been on absolute fire hasn't he? I mean 8 goals yeah. in, in 10 games under under Jesse Marsh and obviously includes that hat trick at where City it's very rarely City concede let alone concede 3 to the same player um, the market's got Leipzig in for around about one goal, which means they're, they're just two to five to score. So it definitely makes sense uh, to try and focus on who could get that, that at least one of those goals. Um, going a bit further back to last season, Nkunku scored 13 in his last 27 in the Bundesliga and Champions League, which includes against PSG last season. So I'm not, not as if I'm suggesting he can't score against the better teams. He scored away to Bayern last season as well. Um, yeah. And obviously he's a former PSG player. So you know what? Motivation. It might be, yeah, there might be a bit of a point to prove there. Um, he's averaging 2.8 shots per game this season and in I quite like a goal scorer bet. And whenever I'm looking at this sort of thing, I always want my player to be having it around about three a game. So I'm happy with the, the 2.8 average. And actually what's quite nice is nearly two a game coming inside the penalty area. So it's not as if they're, they're pot shots, you know, they're taking them on from long range out or whatever, you know, he gets himself in good positions. And, you know, I think that PSG defence is gettable. Um, they've conceded 12 in 13 this season and just four clean sheets and, you know, four clean sheets in the Farmers League is uh, not really the <laughs> the stat you would expect for for a team that's uh, meant to you know walk walk the league every game really. So yeah, and Kunku he put the Farmers League in inverted commas. By the way, this of course being a radio show, effectively, <laughs> he did put the Farmers League in inverted commas. 
Um, I mean, you did Chris, you did Chris and me as a, a Neymar. So uh, yeah, I don't. I'm, I wonder if Neymar's got similar views, considering he only plays in half the matches. Uh, but yeah, Unkunku nine to two. Long term, I don't think you can go wrong with that price at all. He's very controversial, Stinch, this season. I'm loving this. <laughs> this, is, this is great stuff. Edgy Stinch we've had so far this season. So we've got our Neymar. We've got our Lionel Messi. We need a dashing youngster. So we'll have to bring in Jake Osgathorpe from Infogol. He can fit our dashing youngster mould, the Kylian Mbappe of the trio. Uh, we're going to move away from this Paris game, Jake, because I know you want to focus on another fascinating clash from Tuesday. Atletico Madrid taking on Liverpool. Atletico have had a week off because they had players on international duty in South America. Liverpool might feel like they had a weekend off as they pulverised Watford 5-0. Liverpool, the 2.36 favourites for this. I think this is a fascinating game, Jake. I really do. Yeah, it really is. And obviously the way in which the Champions League fixtures fall means that these two are going to play each other in the next two matches. Um, And yeah, it's it set up nicely with Atletico obviously getting that very fortunate late win at AC Milan. Um, AC Milan down to 10 men really did sort of put that game in their hands effectively. Um, but all in all, I mean, if you're looking at these two teams, just very raw numbers, Atletico have been very disappointing and Liverpool have been excellent so far this season. Um, there's a lot of talk about Atletico's transfer business, the, the attacking players that they brought in. Uh, they've yet to fire. They really have struggled to create chances on a regular basis. Defensively, they have looked as solid as, as, as we would expect. But, the, you know, they're conceding goals. Um, it's not like they're, they're unbreachable. And this Liverpool team have just looked like an absolute juggernaut in attack. I mean, the, the question really is, how do you stop Mo Salah? Because he's playing at such an incredible level. Um, he's scoring goals that we would expect to see from the likes of Lionel Messi in terms of picking the ball up in tight areas, dribbling past a couple and slotting them in. It seems to be doing that on a weekly basis. Um, and as a, as a team, as a unit, Liverpool uh, are averaging over... 2.8 expected goals for per game in the Premier League. In the Champions League, they obviously went to Porto and just absolutely smashed them. Uh, a Porto team that held Atletico to a nil-nil draw in the first game. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm just looking at the price of, of a Liverpool win and that really stands out to me. I know that history tells us Atletico in Europe don't lose many matches at home. Um, but I just think that the way in which Atletico are playing at the minute, um, the way in which Liverpool are playing, Atletico are going to try and stay in the match I just think they'll struggle to keep Liverpool out in this game. And, and I think that on the flip side, Athletic Madrid's attack will struggle to trouble Liverpool's defence. So I think at 2.36, a Liverpool win, um, it, it looks a really, really good bet to me. I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's low scoring, if it's a 1-0 Liverpool win. Um, I think we saw Atletico beat Liverpool 1-0 a couple of years back in the, uh, in the knockouts in the first leg. A reverse of that, I think, is, is highly likely. Um, but yeah, I just think that the, the way in which these two have started the season... It's really hard to look past Liverpool to win this game. And it's quite an interesting one with Atletico. They've had a lot of late winners in games. They've kind of sneaked past teams rather than blowing them away. Ajax and Dortmund have been picture perfect in the Champions League so far. Six points collected already apiece. They face off in Amsterdam with Ajax. Interestingly, the 2.28 favourites here. Stinch, this feels like it could be an absolute cracker. I did Dortmund's game at the weekend. Erling Haaland back in action looking very, very good. Jude Bell them excellent again and even though they had their traditional wobble where they gave away a goal at the end for no apparent reason <laughs> they managed to get the job done so this is set up for fireworks isn't it yeah I think it could be a bit of a basketball match 
considering yeah. you know Ajax went to Sporting and, and put five past them um, and obviously you know Dortmund is pretty much it, whenever they're favourites in the game you could pretty much just bat them and both teams to score every week I would I would suggest in, in terms of a, a, a long term strategy I think that I think you're I think you kind of alluded to it. Like I think this IX price is a little bit short, um, twenty three to twenty in, on the sports book. Um, you know, that's obviously with home advantage. So if you removed home advantage, it would suggest that the the teams are very similar in ability, but difficult to kind of accept that. I mean, if Ajax were in the Bundesliga, I don't think they would be the second best team, you know, outright, you know, on their, on their own. And it would suggest that Dortmund were, you know, either equal or, or, or worse. And, I, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm struggling with that, to be honest. Um, I think feels a bit like Ajax's run to the semi-final a few years ago is kind of carried over a little bit in terms of their, their pricing here. I mean, they've only actually qualified once, from the Champions League group in the last eight appearances in the competition, which is, was that run to the, the semi-finals. I mean, last season they finished third um, in, in a, you know, I wouldn't have said a, a that difficult of a group. Um, you mentioned Erling Haaland's back for, for Dortmund and wow. like <laughs> He's got 49 goals, Stinch, in 49 Bundesliga games. He's, yeah. he's averaged a goal a game. And I think in all competitions, he's better than a goal a game since yeah. he arrived at Dortmund. I mean, they're Messi, Ronaldo numbers, Lewandowski numbers. The, that's the bracket he's putting himself in. Yeah, it's 21 goals in 17 Champions League games and 70 in 68 Dortmund games. So yeah, you're right, <laughs> over a goal a game. It's just absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and, it and, you know, if, for example, you're saying him v Sebastian Aller. You know, there's a clear, there's a clear difference there in ability. Yet yeah, Dortmund. Has, I'm not has, having Alex slander on this show. You know this not, stench. You've been on not, this show long enough. <laughs> it, it, that wasn't slander. You know, I was very careful with my words there. He is the better player. You know, there's yes, nothing, even nothing, I accept that. Even I accept Alex. that. So yeah, I mean, I. Ajax opened up for this game around 13 to 8, 6 to 4 in places. So the fact they've come into 23 to 20, I just, I think just have to oppose them. Um, getting, getting a team that I don't believe are definitely worse. So I'm going to back Dortmund on the Asian handicap plus a quarter around about 1.98. So it's half my stake on Dortmund to avoid defeat and half my stake on uh, Dortmund draw no bet so if it finishes in a draw uh half the bet will win so the only way the bet will lose fully is if is if Ajax win and uh yeah basically you know with any team with Erling Haaland in uh except except for in Dortmund's case if it's against Bayern I think I'm very happy to get with them as underdogs it seems pretty good to me. Now, we know it's frustrating when you get frozen out of a bet, so Betfair is now offering no cash-out suspensions on match odds markets on the sportsbook, even during VAR reviews or when there's a penalty. Let's go back to Liverpool's group. We've got Porto against Milan. Porto smacked by Liverpool. Milan have squandered leads in both of their games and have no points. Jake, what do you have for us from this one? Yeah, they, given, as you've said, that the, the group stage is set up in such a nice way, really, for both of these teams because they play back to back. And if one team wins both, then they, you know, right back in the mix of qualifying. And I think that makes this first game in, in particular a really big one. Um, it's in Portugal. And yeah, AC Milan, they've been a very fun watch this season, but they, you know, they 2 0 down at the weekend and managed to come back and win 3 2. Um, 
just feel like they'll have a little bit too much attacking quality for Porto in this game. And, um, you know, we saw Porto get absolutely destroyed by Liverpool. I don't think Milan are at that calibre, but they're not too far behind. And, um, you know, like I spoke about before in the previous match, Atletico Madrid, Porto went there and got a nil-nil draw. But again, I don't think, I think AC Milan are a better attacking team than Atletico Madrid. Um, and I think that this Porto defence is easy to exploit when you have really talented attacking players that play with fluidity. And I think AC Milan do have that in forward areas. Uh, the way in which Porto crumbled against Liverpool, as they pretty much do every time they play Liverpool, was a little bit concerning. And, and I think that AC Milan can take full advantage and, and not replicate that exactly with you know such an emphatic win. But I think they can go there and get the win. And I was just surprised to see... Um, that Milan were second favourites for this game. Uh, they're around 2.94 in the exchange. I personally would make them marginal favourites in this match, even though it is at Porto, because I do think there is a bit of a gulf between the two teams. Um, so I'm happy to take a small play on, on Milan to go there and get the win. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, going forward, Milan have been really good this season, especially in, in Serie A. They're averaging 1.86 expected goals for per game. The way in which they played in the first half against Atletico Madrid, I thought was really, really good. They took the game to Atletico not really threatening on the counter-attack uh, before going down to 10 men. So I just think that the price is a little bit too big and I'm happy to, to take a value bet, really, for, for Milan to go there and get a victory. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on in the long term without their goalkeeper, Mike Mignon, who's out for a few weeks. He's been excellent so far this season, obviously conceded a couple of goals at the weekend. Worth bearing in mind our fantastic multiples offers running every day. Bet £20 on multiples or bet builders. Receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. By the way, Jake's been allowed to watch too much American sport. He did chuck in a defence there. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll make sure there's a correction there before yeah. future shows. Uh, on to Wednesday's action then. A game that all three of you are keen to talk about. Manchester United uh, perhaps surprisingly 1.8 favourites as they take on Atalanta when you bear in mind United's <laughs> recent form. Atalanta have made an unbeaten start to the group stage. They've taken four points so far. Drew with Villarreal and also managed a, a narrow 1-0 win over Young Boys. Um, Mark O'Hare, I'm going to start with you. What a mess from United <laughs> at the weekend. I mean, I know we slag off Solskjaer every week, but no pressing, just no plan with or without the ball. It was Harlem Globetrotters garbage, wasn't it really, against Leicester? Yeah, um, no defence for it really, is there? I mean, there was no defence for United at all in that performance, but, you know, I couldn't believe their luck when they managed to get it back to 2-2. Um, but then to switch off and to allow Leicester those, that final flourish was was just schoolboy stuff, really. Um, I guess it's not hugely surprising, is it? I mean, we kind of expected United to to be penetrating a little bit at the weekend, but probably not to the extent that they allowed Leicester to, to play through them, which is uh, really quite alarming. Um, we didn't expect Maguire to play whether he was fully fit to play or not who knows but certainly mentally he didn't look like he was there because some of his defensive organisation and, and positioning was was torrid and um, yeah it's, it's a long term thing isn't it but we've been screaming for, for months and months now about the, the issues in defensive midfield in particular so you know just to sign Ronaldo was never going to gloss over those concerns but um, yeah it looks like Solskjaer is going to continue to be backed by the board um, they've got a horror, horror schedule coming up now as well starting as well with Atalanta so 
I guess fortunately for United, Atalanta haven't been at their best so far this season. It's been a very stop-start, a very inconsistent campaign. Um, they tend to dominate the data in Serie A, as Jake will tell you, but that's not been the case this time around. If you look at expected points in, in Serie A, their, their actual points kind of mirrors their XP return. Uh, their XG and their shot ratings are down season on season. Um, they're outside the top five in those rankings. Um, and yeah, they've struggled to kind of play against the better teams in Italy so far this season. Their, their wins have all come against the bottom half. Certainly the weekend against Empoli they were the better team but uh, they struggled defensively particularly in transitions Empoli had their opportunities and um, that would be a concern and, and certainly injuries have, have started to rack up a little bit they're, they're missing Hatterbor Goosens Pessina Jim City as well they've still got a good enough 11 to go to Old Trafford and give them a game but in the Champions League I've been a little bit disappointed with them I thought they were second best against Villarreal and then against the young boys as you mentioned they, they weren't hugely convincing even if they did rack up the, the pressure in the second half to get the win so you know there is an opportunity for United to bounce back but there's certainly not no reason why I'd back them at odds on prices in their current climate um, I guess when I look at the Asian handicap which was my first port of call Villarreal were, were sort of one and a quarter goal underdogs at Old Trafford and Atalanta are th- uh, three quarter goal ball underdogs so there's been a bit of a difference there and I don't say a huge difference between the two teams in their current situs this season at least so uh, Everton also went there as, as one and a quarter goal Asian handicap underdogs as well so the market is giving Atalanta a lot more respect from those two teams or at least kind of switching off United uh, after the current sort of the last couple of weeks at least so um, my kind of uh, reason then to, to call that the bet I kind of went towards then was to back goals basically um, both sides strengths are in attack Atalanta have kept just two clean sheets all season I think United just won Atalanta have seen both teams scoring in in seven of ten United and eight of, of ten in the league and Champions League there's been three goals or more in United uh, six of their ten uh, seven of ten for Atalanta so both teams are scoring over two and a half goals just kind of married together it gets you a, a 1.8 shot which I think is uh, perfectly appeasing um, I know Atalanta haven't completely clicked in forward areas but you've still got Malinowski's uh, hammer of a left boot uh, from distance you've got Zapata and Ilicic as well has played himself back into form a terrific goal for Slovenia during international break and was really on song against Empoli at the weekend as well so um, yeah I expect Atalanta to score but I wouldn't rule them out um, conceding a couple either so I just prefer to sort of support goals on either team. Stinch what have you got for a similar angle or are you looking at something else? Yeah similar angle um, I agree obviously with uh, everything Mark really says long term about Man United um, no, no need to bore people um, again. <laughs> I was never um, boring to, uh, to to highlight these flaws. Uh, one thing I did think, Stinch, that was just remarkable was that if you're going to have poor old Nemanja Matic there, like desperately, you know, in Game of Thrones, where you have that thing where Jon Snow has the horde coming towards him and he, he draws the sword and he's going to get flattened. It's basically that. He's just overrun in every game, Matic, because he gets no help. Yeah, I mean, I'm afraid I haven't seen Game of Thrones. So, uh. Oh, you as well. <laughs> Honestly. There we go. Jake's the only, only one who watches any pop culture. You and O'Hare just pop in your culture. bed caves, <laughs> just watching, just, you know, watching games constantly, which is why they're so good. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. I think it's a little bit unfair. I understand the Back to the Future and Star Wars and all of your oh, other Oh, well, there references. we go. Okay, fine. Fine. Just You're above it. O'Hare. There we go. Let's establish you. this. You're a level above O'Hare. That's fine. I'd say a level above Oli Solskjaer as well. Like, I definitely yeah. could get a better tune out of this United team. I don't, 
I don't think there's anybody <laughs> out there is there surely backing United at these prices. Surely, surely not. I mean, if Ronaldo wasn't there, what price would United be? Do you think they might be evens or even odds against? I, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Like, I mean, under Solskjaer, they lost seven of their 12 Champions League games. They failed to keep a clean sheet in any of those. It's not as if they're playing amazing teams in, in some of those games. Um, you know, we obviously last time against Villarreal, we, we opposed them at two to five and you know, Villarreal really, you know, outplayed them and should have won, I think, let alone lost in the last minute. Um, and obviously, you know, the disappointing 1-1 draw at home to a strikerless Everton and yeah, covered the shambolic display at Leicester. Uh, I think just with Atalanta, like obviously uh, we know going forward, they can just cause anybody trouble. Uh, Zapata, Muriel, Malinowski. Uh, and as Mark mentioned, Ilicic looks back in the groove. He got some uh, goals on the international break as well. So I've, for somebody like him, I think confidence is massive because I think he went through a bit of a, um, a dark time um, not so long ago. So it's good to see him back in the groove. So on the flip side of United's sort of 8 to 11 price, Atalanta around about 16 to 5. And I sort of had a look at their previous like tough away games. And it just, again, it just... Uh, agrees with the fact that I think United are far too short. They were six to four against Juve in the Coppa Italia final. They're two to one away away at Real Madrid last season. Eleven to four at Lukaku's Inter, six to four at Napoli, and two to one at, at Ajax, who seem to be highly rated. Um, so yeah. They're almost a unit, a unit too high here. I would suggest. So yeah, I'm going with uh, Atalanta plus three quarters, around about one point nine seven. So I'm going to get a uh, half mistake back if United win by one goal. Um, I'm going to get a full full payout if uh, United fail fail to win. And yeah, uh, just as same rinse and repeat essentially oppose United. Jake, uh, you're going to start getting preferential treatment because you know what Game of Thrones is. Um, What's your take on this particular game? Because the guys are anti-United and I can understand why. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to be. Um, I mean, this point's been made left and right. The you know the Solskjaer bashing, it should really be a weekly thing. I know we've taken it easy on him at the minute, but yeah, they, they just look... No plan, still no plan. Um, and more concerning for me is we knew that they had defensive issues. Um, they were conceding a lot of chances, being really easy to play against. As you said, with Matic, just sort of having to deal with everything. Um, but going forward, attacking areas, we've seen a little bit of a drop-off, which is a huge concern um, for me because it, effectively at the start of the season, their attacking process was bailing out their poor defend- defending. Um, so against Aston Villa, they managed to create just 1.6 non-penalty expected goals. Uh, Villarreal, 1.13. Everton at home, 1.45. And Leicester away, 1.14. So they really are struggling to create chances um, at a rate required to win matches quite, you know, consistently. And you couple that with... Just out of interest, Jake, sorry, just out of interest, what should a good, just so our listeners know, in terms of those numbers that you're talking about, what should a good team, so say a top four or title chasing team, what should they be producing game on game? What kind of numbers? I'd say you're looking at around two XG per game for okay. a, for a top for a you know a title chasing team. So Liverpool, for example, they're at two point eight five through the the opening stretch of the Premier League. Manchester City aren't far behind that, around two point four. Uh, Chelsea are a little bit below that, around one point seven. But Man United is uh, are way below that at the moment, really struggling to get going. And you know when you when you couple that 
real lack of um, cohesiveness going forward and, and the real sh- struggle to create chances and the reliance on uh, individual quality to sort of win your matches with the defence that is shipping goals and chances left and right that looks really soft-centred, then you've, you've basically got a, a mid-table team or maybe just slightly above it. Um, and you, I know Mark's made good points there about Atalanta, they are missing key players, but effectively what you've got here is Manchester United are a team of individuals and Atalanta are a well-drilled team that have an identity uh, and they have a structure to where they, the way in which they play. And ultimately, you know, even if you've got less, less quality in your team, the actual overall team and unit will fare a lot better over a long period of time than a group of individuals. So as Stinch has rightly pointed out, the price around Manchester United is just so short. It really is. And and I actually think it's a little bit disrespectful to Atlanta because I think Atalanta are, um, you know, they've not really hit the gears that they have in yesteryear, but they're still, you know, a top four team in Italy. They're still one of the best teams in their own country. Um, and they are, in my mind, a better overall team than Manchester United, even if they might have lesser individuals. I mean, we've said some of their individuals, Zapata, Ilicic, Malinowski, they're all very, very good players and they're all very capable of doing something, you know, uh, magic themselves. Um, and, you know, I know Mark had like, likened Gasparini or wants him to be his granddad. I think personally, Manchester United should be sacking Solskjaer and just paying the buyout clause to get Gasparini at Old Trafford because that would be a huge upgrade on what they've got. Someone with a plan and identity and a way of playing. Um, and for that reason, just I, I'm, I really like Stinch's bet taking the, the you know the extra security of plus 0.75. But I'm happy to just oppose United and uh, and and laying them on the exchange is, is the best way to do that at odds on price. Um, it's the same bet as effectively plus 0.5 on the Asian handicap, but you know, if if you if you if you lose, you're not losing a full stake because you you know you, you're laying at around 1.87. So if you put 10 pound down, you're losing 8 pound 70 if Manchester United win. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a rinse and repeat for a long, long time this season. It's just opposing Manchester United, especially at home against teams that are half decent. Um, and, you know that they play Liverpool this weekend, don't they? So it doesn't get any easier. Um, and you know, if what I think is is going to happen, Liverpool winning Atletico Madrid and Manchester United either losing or drawing with Atalanta, Liverpool are two point three two at the moment on the exchange to win at Old Trafford. I would be backing that now for this weekend because I don't think that price will be there come come Sunday because the the golf in those two teams is just massive. So. Atlanta plus 0.5 for me or laying Manchester United whatever your preference and then also backing Liverpool to beat Manchester United as a very early Sunday bet. Yeah, worth keeping an eye on that one. We'll have a full preview of that uh, later this week to Russia and a clash between Zenit and Juventus. Juve have won five in a row in all competitions, kept clean sheets in the last three. They edged out Roma 1-0 at the weekend and they're the 2.22 favourites here, Stinch. Yeah, it looks a big prize to me. I'm a, I'm a, I think there's a massive gulf between Russian and Ukrainian sides against Europe's elite and I don't think that's reflected in in the odds here um Juve opened up about four to five and they've drifted now to like 23 to 20 so it's 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 really hard not to get involved I mean I'd be tempted to get involved at four to five to be honest so it's really hard not to get involved when they're even bigger um so looking at um Juve so I'm going to be clever I would say and take Juve minus a quarter on the Asian handicap so I'm going to get half my stake back if it finishes in a draw around about 1.93 there's a bigger price than what they open for just to win the game um 
actually they were evens to win this match before the Roma game last night but I think they're uh, because they're a bit unconvincing last night so they were out possessed by a Mourinho team and outshot them and obviously Roma missed a penalty as well so we've I think we've seen another sort of drift since then but long term that the market especially in Europe it doesn't really doesn't really like Juve there's been a lot of times over the over a long period of time now, going back at least five, six, seven years, where the market on Juve in the Champions League they regularly drift, and I think it's something that uh, I've you know I've taken advantage of in the past and and continue to continuing down the trend as well here. I mean, Zenit have actually lost their last two games in Russia, odds of one to three and four to eleven, and that's just that's kind of unheard of. Normally, you know, they're quite. I wouldn't say steamroll, but you know they win these games quite comfortably. So the fact they've been losing them, I have to say, is quite alarming. They're normally quite tight at the back as well, but they've only got the ninth best defence this season, and that's that's shocking, really, in, in its own right. Um, Zenit have lost five of their six group games last season. They picked up just a, a solitary point. Um, they've lost nine of the last twelve in in the competition overall. And just going back to that sort of Russian and Ukrainian team golf against Europe's elite. So between Zenit, Shakhtar, Dynamo Kiev, Lokomotiv Moscow and Krasnodar over the last two seasons, they've won just five of their 36 group stage games. And three of those were against Malmo, Ferencvaros and, and Ren. I'm not even going to be able to try and work out how Shakhtar did the double over Real Madrid but maybe it's not that difficult when Sheriff are going there and winning um, Mighty so, Sheriff <laughs> yeah, Exactly exactly I mean to be fair they're top of the group and uh, still quite a chunky prize to qualify um, Yeah I was genuine they have been mighty so far <laughs> surprisingly so um, There's no I don't think Dybala will be available still but Morata came off the bench against Roma so I think he'll be available again and I've talked a lot about I think Juve um just a team waiting to explode with so many terrific young players in forward areas. Chiesa, Bernadeschi, Moise Keane got another goal. Um, so yeah, very excited about this Juventus team. And uh, yeah, I've mentioned before, I'm a, I'm a big Allegri fan. So I, th- I think, I mean, I, again, we mentioned about, you know, who's back in Man United at 8 to 11. Is there anybody out there really that's back in Zenit at sort of 11 to 4? You know, I, I can't, it's not, it's difficult to make a case for them at those price. And, you know, Juventus, we know, I say, I've got fantastic defence as well to, to build, to give that attacking quartet, I would say, um, the platform to go and do their thing. So, yeah, Juve played Kiev last season and uh, won, won comfortably 2-0. And I'm thinking of a similar sort of scoreline. Mark, you along similar lines for this one, a Juve win? Yeah, 100% aligned. Got the same bet down as well. Juventus minus a quarter um, for pretty much all the same reasons that Stinch has mentioned. So I don't want to kind of go over the same points. But um, one thing I've been really impressed with Juventus recently is they've kind of gone back old school Juventus under Allegri. Um, I've talked about it before when they've tried to experiment with Pirlo and Sari and change their style and approach to, to who they really are. But Juventus, for me, traditionally are all about winning at all costs. And I think we saw that on Sunday night against Roma. Um, you know, just doing enough, getting the lead, grinding back 
battling, working hard, doing what's required to see out a game because ultimately three points is, is the key. Uh, and that's what they've been doing recently. They've not been completely flashy or dominating teams, but they've been doing the Juventus way of just getting the job done and moving on. Um, and yeah, I've got the same sort of bias here against the Russian teams. Um, I think they've won once in 20 games in the Champions League since the start of last season. And that was Zenit against Malmo last time out. Um, and it's quite alarming just to see how far Russian football has actually slipped down in a European sort of pecking order. They're down to ninth on UEFA's coefficient rankings, which is behind Austria. And actually Scotland are very much hot on their heels now as well. There's a very distinct possibility by the end of this season that the Scottish Premiership will be ranked higher than the Russian Premier League, which kind of just goes to show how far they have fallen. Uh, and that's no disrespect to the Scottish Premiership at all. It's just a, a reflection on how far Russian football has slipped. And, you know, you look at Spartak and Lokomotiv in the Europa League, not really pulling up trees. Um, anyway, Zenit, yeah, they've, they've been... Russians uh, leading lights for quite some time now since men mentioned those back-to-back -back defeats to Arsenal and Sochi they've only kept one clean sheet domestically all season they rank third on expected points in Russia and they're actually uh, picked up five points more than probably what their performances have deserved as well so um, collected one point at home last season in the Champions League and they played Bruges uh, Lazio and Dortmund so I think Juventus are probably a step up on those three at the moment so yeah Juve minus a quarter I thought was a, a great bet and finally, the red machine that is Bayern Munich. They absolutely obliterated Leverkusen on Sunday in a 5-1 win. Now they take on Benfica in Lisbon. Bayern the 1.43 favourites here. Benfica 7-1 to to pull off a shock and take the three points. But Jake, that looks highly unlikely, doesn't it? Because I know Bayern lost to Frankfurt not that long ago, but I thought that was a fairly unjust defeat. And against Leverkusen, they were unbelievably good. Yes, yeah, they were, and they, they continue to look excellent under Julian Nagelsmann. Um, they just they're clicking, they're hitting on all gears, aren't they? All cylinders, and uh, I think it's a question of how many really for this one. Um, but you know, what, saying that going forward, they have looked very, very good, just devastating in attack. But you know, defensively, they're not keeping clean sheets at a, a very consistent rate, and that's where I'm, I'm getting my angle in this one. I think. The price about both teams to score, I expect it to be a tad shorter. Uh, it's around 1.73 at the moment on the exchange. Um, just just with the gunko nature of Bayern Munich, they always seem to leave a, you know, a few chances to their opponents on the counter-attack. And in Benfica, they've got some good players that, that can really uh, hurt you on the counter-attack. I mean, Juremchuk's been really yeah. good since he's gone there. Um, Darwin Nunez as well has been very, very good. Uh, so both teams to score to me stood out at around 1.73 I expect it to be around 1.65 so um, you know obviously Benfica had a really good result last time out in the Champions League beating Barcelona you know or, or the shell that is Barcelona um, and I think that they can at least get on the score sheet in this and make it a little bit competitive uh, Mark are we thinking that Benfica can do any damage here Jake seems to think they can score at least once I totally take the point because the way Nagelsmann plays, very much the way Flick played, there's differences, obviously, there's big differences in terms of build-up and things like that. But the overall idea is we're going to score a ton of goals. We're going to play really high. Okay, you might get one or two. We don't really care. Yeah, for sure. That's been the buying way for a while now. But um, yeah, I've gone in a different sort of direction, really. I, I did my notes on Sunday morning before the Bayern-Leverkusen game and uh, yeah, didn't expect Bayern to sort of wipe the floor with them quite as impressively as they did. That four-goal salvo in seven minutes in the first half was, was quite something, really. But you look at Bayern's record in the Champions League, they're actually rated as the top team in terms of coefficient points over the last four seasons. And it's easy to see why. Since October 2017, in the Champions League, this is all games. They've won 32 
two, drawn six and lost just three. Away from home in that sample, 16 wins, four draws, zero defeats. And that's taking out the neutral wow. venue games. In that sample, they've only failed to win at Ajax, Real Madrid, Liverpool and Atletico away from home, which is outrageous, really. Um, the squad and, and the side has been pretty consistent through those years. I know the coaches have changed. So there are a number of constants. So I do think those kind of four-year records are, are relevant. But... Um, in the group stage, since 2017-18, 22 wins, three draws, one defeat. The loss came at PSG in 2017. The two draws were against that amazing Ajax team in 2018-19 uh, and also Atletico last season when they'd already qualified and basically played the reserves in Madrid. So um, they've already smashed Barcelona and Dynamo Kiev. I expect them to do something similar to Benfica, who have started really well this season compared to last, but uh, they lost domestically before the international break. And I just wanted to make that point about the Barcelona game. They won 3-0 and overall you say they absolutely deserve the victory and um, Barcelona were a shambles but uh, if you look at the game in isolation particularly in that first half Barcelona did create a couple of very very good opportunities and arguably shot themselves in the foot with their own defending the halftime XG in that game was 114 to Barcelona 0.14 to Benfica uh, also in that first half Koeman hooked PK um, after he picked up a yellow card and looked like he could get sent off switched the system and had uh, De Jong playing a centre back and they absolutely crumbled after the break so it was a real game of two halves if you look at things in isolation of just the first half and the second half I don't expect Bayern Munich to be anywhere near as generous um, this season so far they've scored in the first half in all bar one game and I expect them to get the job done pretty pretty swift if you take the uh, the game against Leverkusen as an example so they were 1.4 to, to win this match in, in Lisbon you can get 2.1 on Bayern to win at half-time and full-time and that appealed to me uh, I think they score early and if they score early they win this game reasonably comfortably yeah, I think that sounds like a good bet. Now it's time for the world-famous podcast treble. So famous that Lady Gaga may or may not write a song called Podcast Treble on her next album. Uh, just for the lawyers, she has no plans to do that. She's absolutely not going to do that. How this works is uh, each of the guys comes up with a selection. We throw them all in uh, to a kind of Halloween cauldron, if you like, and we get a boosted treble out of it. Who shall I pick first? First, I will pick Mark O'Hare. Sure. Um, I'm going to just pick PSG to beat Leipzig uh, on Tuesday night. I think they're still uh, a tier or two above Leipzig and where they're at at the moment. And I think they'll win with room to spare. Stinch. What have you got? Uh, who's Lady Gaga? No, I'm <laughs> Very good. Mark <laughs> genuinely is wondering. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals in Atletico v Liverpool, which is 8 to 11. So hopefully boosted up to around about 4 to 5 in the treble. I think Simeone is going to make this, you know, a uh, real tough, tight encounter. You know, two banks of four, Griezmann and Suarez pondering around up front. Uh, Liverpool probably will dominate the possession but and I know what Jake said earlier about Liverpool being great at creating lots of high quality chances I just thought against well drilled teams in City and Chelsea looked a little bit like there was a lack of a plan B and obviously the two games against Letco um, both finished 1-0 only a couple of years ago and you know it's pretty much the same personnel same managers same sort of game plans and we know long term Atleti are, are an unders team seven of the last eight in the Champions League have gone under 2.5 and, and a bit longer spread 21 of the last 26 at home have gone under 2.5 so yeah I think I think I mean Liverpool are probably going to be the team on the front foot 
So essentially, it's it's can they break down that Atleti team? But I wouldn't expect it to be a, a high-scoring win if they if they do make the breakthrough. So yeah, under two point five, I think, hopefully is uh, is safe. And Jake, what do you have? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Old Trafford, um, United, Atalanta. I know I'm very very all over Atalanta to to get something, but for the treble, I'm going to throw in both teams to score, which is a I think in my mind a bit of a safer bet given the you know the attacking. Um, talents that both teams have and the defensive questions so both teams to score between United and Atalanta well, that's all we have time for on this Champions League edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We'll have uh, two shows looking ahead to the Premier League action later this week. So make sure you check us out uh, for those games. From Jake, Stinch, Mark and me, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>